Moses reminds the people of God's mighty work in delivering them from their bondage in Egypt. They are to take the first fruits of their harvest and offer them annually in thanksgiving to the Lord. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the, fruit, some of the first of all the fruits of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord uh, swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make uh, this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us uh, harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. If you would please to stand, we will read Psalm 91. Verses 1 through 2 and 9 through 16 in unison. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your habitation, there shall no evil happen to you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and adder. You shall trample the young lion and the serpent under your feet. Because he is bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Maybe seated. Paul shares the joyful message that all who place their faith in Christ and who proclaim his resurrection will share in the riches that God has promised. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified. And one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, 
No one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. How many of you are giving something up for Lent? (laughs) Um, I have a challenge. Try giving up email for Lent. That would do it. Um, Or Facebook or something like that. We we hear this, um, this passage... From Luke's Gospel, always on the first Sunday of Lent, um, uh, one of the accounts of the testing of Jesus. And I always kind of think in a joking way that it's about um, telling us that if we just had the willpower that Jesus did, we could, we could you know, get through whatever it was that tempts us, chocolate or whatever it is that we've given up, we would, we would make it just fine. But the story is a lot more complicated than that, and it sits here at the beginning of, the Lent, of Lent for other reasons. First of all, The temptations that Jesus faces are the same temptations that Israel faced in its life. No sooner had they come through the Red Sea and seen Pharaoh's army destroyed than they began to whine about no food. Um, They said, you know, were there not enough graves in Egypt that we could stay there and be buried there? And you've let us out here and we have nothing to eat. Back there we had cucumbers and onions and all of this good stuff. And out here, nothing. And so God sends on them the manna to remind them that they must rely on God. Moses went up the mountain, and he was up the mountain 40 days, and they were wondering where on earth he had gone, and said to Aaron, his brother, "Um, do something. And so Aaron made the golden calf. Um, They were tempted to idolatry. Jesus is tempted to worship Satan. All of this will be given to you if you just worship me. And the final temptation for Israel was the most difficult. When uh, politically things had begun to go wrong, the prophets said, because God's house is in Jerusalem, nothing bad will happen to Jerusalem. Because the temple is here and God has made his name to dwell here in Jerusalem, nothing bad will happen to us. 
And of course, it did. And the devil says to Jesus, throw yourself down. God will protect you. Nothing bad will happen to you. And Jesus says, don't test the Lord your God. But another piece of what this story is here for is to remind us that the only way we can get through what we have to get through is to go through it. Um, Jesus could have, we assume, turned that stone into bread. In the wilderness, he fed 5,000 people and wasn't feeding the hungry part of God's plan. This would have been a shortcut to that. Jesus was to be the Lord of all of the earth. Wouldn't this be a shortcut to make that happen, just worship Satan? And God would protect Jesus. But wouldn't this be a shortcut? Then you don't have to go through all of what's coming in order to get there. But Jesus says, no, there are no shortcuts. You have to go through it. In our lives, I think we are often tempted to try and find the shortcut. In our parish, we're sort of at the moment facing a financial crisis, and wouldn't it be wonderful, not a crisis, but we have a deficit budget, wouldn't it be wonderful if someone would put a winning lottery ticket in the the offering? Um, Then it would be solved. There would be a shortcut. We wouldn't have to worry about it. It doesn't work that way. Jesus has those 40 days in the wilderness because he has to learn something, and teach us something. The only way through what faces us is through it. If Jesus had walked out of that wilderness, turned the stone to bread, taken up the devil's offer, where would that leave us? We don't have a magic wand. We would then think, we're stuck. How do we know that God is with us? But Jesus comes out of the wilderness and goes through the worst that life can throw at him so that we know No matter what happens to us, God is with us in the middle of it. This year we need to be asking ourselves, what do we need to be learning here? What are the shortcuts we wish we could take but can't? How can we go around and remember that God is with us? Whenever I get kind of panicked about the church, whenever I think about the budget or how things are going and get worried, I have to stop and remind myself, it's not my church. It doesn't reflect badly on me. It's not your church. It doesn't reflect badly on you. It's not our church. It's God's church. Jesus says when Satan tempts him to turn the stone into bread, human beings don't live by bread alone. And, of course, the next phrase of that um, quotation is, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We have to learn to rely on God. It's not ours to make succeed or to make fail. We have to learn to rely on God. Lent is to teach us how to rely on God. The reason that you give up something that you like for Lent is not to make yourself miserable, but to remind yourself that it's only by God that we are alive in the first place and have the things that we need. Jesus doesn't use his magic wand, doesn't walk out of that wilderness, but goes through with everything that God has planned to remind us that God is with us no matter what life can throw at us because God was with Jesus even in the worst. Amen.